Hello, welcome to Soul Led, a podcast dedicated to the evolution of your soul and the development of your spiritual gifts. I am Nikki Novo, your spiritual mentor, a fiery Latina, mom of three, and a lover of all things intuitive. You're here because you're meant to be here. So let's do this. Welcome to another episode of Soul Led. Hi, everyone. We are here today with one of my favorite clients. Don't tell the other clients, guys. But now a friend and also a soul mentor. So we're going to introduce Natalia Amador. Hi, Natalia. Welcome. Hi, Nikki. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about Natalia and her journey and how damn psychic she is all these things. I'm really excited to be here with you, but I'm going to first give you a little intro into Natalia. Natalia Amador is an intuitive guide and healer. She founded Divina Co., through which she provides light, life, and love guidance for your soul through energetic readings and healings. She specifically focuses on helping women who are entrepreneurs or who are looking for their soulmate to heal their cultural and societal blocks so that they can manifest their desires. So welcome, Natalia. So excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Natalia is it was one of our soul mentors, which is basically, you know, the powerful women that are in our company that help guide a lot of the students and do the readings and all that kind of stuff. But she had a journey to get here. And we, I feel like we had a journey, you and I being yeah. in relationship and moving to where we are. So I'd love to start with where did we meet? Like how did we meet? Yeah. So I actually heard about you on a podcast. They just talked about you. You weren't even on the podcast. Like it was, they just mentioned your name and, and how you had done a reading for them. And when they talked about it, I was like, I had never heard about this work. I didn't know anything about it. And I was kind of on my own little spiritual journey, like trying to figure out what I believed in, what my spirituality was going to look like. And I remember when they talked about you, I was like, I need to work with this lady. And so I I found you and I booked a reading and I didn't even know what it was. I had no clue what I was getting myself into. And I was just like, I'm paying, you know, and I was just like, third amount of money to talk for, I don't even know what, (laughs) but you know, that's just how I was just like, I felt like I was being led to you. So I trusted that booked a reading I was blown away by, by the reading that you did for me. And I remember after that, I was like, I need to learn how to do this. And it's hilarious. <laughs> I remember reaching out to you and being like, I want to work with you, but I'm, I'm not interested in dating. I'm interested in the spiritual work. I need you to teach me how to do this. And which is so funny. Cause it's like, we worked so much on dating, <laughs> but yeah, I was, I just, I signed up. I was like, I didn't know anything. It wasn't like I'd been following you or anything like that. I just knew I was like, this is someone I'm meant to work with. And I just trusted that. You know, I, I like always say that I'm a spirit guide av- advocate because I like constantly am like talking to everybody's guides and being like, send them to me. I will take care of them. So I feel like a lot of guides bring like their people to me. So I, I feel that that's probably what happened to you, Natalia. I'm not going to lie. I, I think so too. Marketing, those are my marketing tactics. Yes. Like, just sitting in meditation. I remember our reading. I remember being like, I mean, I remember just like being able to see like your business and the way things were working. It was, I, I remember like it was yesterday. So you have an interesting spiritual journey. So kind of, would you mind talking a little bit about kind of what your religious beliefs were and what your beliefs were to like where you ended up here? And even just talking right before we hit record, I can just 
continue to see that transformation about like the, the version of you that's like learning to trust the universe and like where you actually came from is just so different. So I feel like there's just so much wisdom in that journey. If you can share it with us a little bit. Yeah. So I was raised in the evangelical Christian church and it's interesting because I always considered myself a very spiritual person. Like I remember feeling like I could hear from God, like I could talk to Jesus, like, you know, and, and even in that context, it's funny because it was weird that I was doing that, which to me was so funny. Cause I was like, isn't this the whole point? Like, aren't we supposed to have a relationship with God? Aren't we supposed to talk to Jesus? Like, why are we surprised to get answers to our prayers? And I remember just like, you know, the people, like it wasn't normal to other people, you know, and to me, I'm like, this is the whole point. So I was just like, very, very in the church. Like I went to Bible college. I worked at a church. Like I was just very involved. And a lot of it was because I, I personally felt such a strong connection to God. And I think have just always been very in tune with the spiritual, but obviously like there eventually just was a clash with how much rules and how much oppression there is in the church. And just a lot of things that don't actually align with who Jesus is and with who God or source is. And I started to see those things, but ultimately, like I went through a very tower moment in my life where I went through a divorce and it was like a loss of like the life I thought I had, my identity, my beliefs, like everything just kind of all came crashing down at the same time. And it was the worst and like most painful experience I've ever been through. But at the same time, it freed me from all the things that were just holding me back from really understanding who I was and who I meant to be in this life and things that really weren't good for me, um, that I just didn't know at the time, you know, were not at all aligned with who I am. So I went through that whole tower moment. One of the things like you lost in that tower moment was your faith. Yes. And I I think that that's, you know, it's because I remember you explained like, you know, in a way you felt guided to that marriage, you know, you felt guided, you felt like that marriage was blessed you know, by, by God and Jesus. And then when it was, um, you know, and that's the, that's the worst part about, um, these moments that like, you know, those times when we actually like lose faith because of these experiences that we have. And, um, you, I feel like you've been building up that faith Mm -hmm. in a different way. And that's really beautiful to, to see. I don't know if you want to say anything about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, for a while was actually been very triggered by the word of God. And I was just like, I want nothing to do with like Christianity, like even Jesus to me, like all, I was just very like put off by a lot of what I had experienced and had been through. So I did completely lose my faith. So for a while I was just very lost from like, how do I explain these spiritual encounters that I felt like I had these conversations that I felt like I had with Jesus and with God, did I make them up? You know, did I make up thinking that I heard God leading me down this path to marry this person and to to take these actions. And like, it was really hard for me to reconcile for a while that like, yeah, they led me down this path that led to this tower moment because ultimately it was going to lead me to where I am now, which is in such a better place. But it just, you know, when you experience so much heartbreak, it's hard to understand like why, Mm -hmm. like why would I be led to this? And I think that like a lot of us lose intuition and faith, you know, whatever you want to call it with those moments, you know, like these moments of like, but I, you know, I remember having a breakup, you know, and just being like, I thought 
I really remember thinking that like I was supposed to be with this person Mm -hmm. and it's always like what we, it's just that we don't, we, well, I think what we make up is the full path. (laughs) Like, I think that the intuitive hits to like marry this person, go down this path, do that are correct. But it's like what we create afterwards is where it gets a little like wonky and, you know, really having to come to terms with being like, yeah, I was supposed to marry, like none of that was incorrect, but it was all because it was supposed to come down this way Mm -hmm. and really birth me in a whole other way that I could have never been birthed Mm-hmm. Um, down the path I was going, you know, and that's, it's hard to like regain that intuition. What, what would you say for anybody who's like lost their intuition or lost their faith? You know, sometimes it's like from being with like a narcissistic parent or being an abusive relationship. Like there's all these things that make us lose our intuition or our faith. What would you like kind of, I don't know what made you keep going even yeah. though you wanted to like toss it away? I think that we get so caught up in our world and like in our society and the way that we're supposed to do things. And we take on these fears of what we see in the physical. And we forget about the fact that we're actually very spiritual beings and that there's something so much greater and a bigger plan outside of what we see. And we're having a human experience. So, you know, we're so in tune with like, I'm heartbroken. I'm experiencing so much pain that I literally feel like it's going to destroy me. Like what's going on? Why am I going through this? But like, we're so limited in our understanding and we're so limited in what we can see. And also in like, there's so much that we don't know. You know, I literally went from you know, having to move back in with my parents, which to me was like, this was the worst thing. Like I worked so hard to get out of here (laughs) having to like move back in with my parents, not knowing who I was having to start my life all over again. After I thought I had created this life to six months later, like having the best life that I could have ever imagined for myself and being so much happier than I was when I was married, you know? And, and I, at that time I thought, I'm so happy. I have everything that I want. I created everything. And like, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know that I could be happier. I didn't know that I was so powerful. I didn't know who I really was. And it's hard to see that in the dark moments. And especially when you feel like, it's dark day after day after day. And you're like, where is the light at the end of this tunnel? But if you keep going, just know that your life can be better. And that's something that I wish somebody would have told me when I was in in that period, because all you hear is like, walk away from the bad thing, walk away from the unhealthy thing, walk away from the thing that you're being led away from. But when you don't see the path in front of you, you feel like you're going to be broken forever. And I remember thinking that I remember thinking I'm going to leave him, but I'm going to be broken forever. I'm never going to fully be happy again, but that's okay because somehow that's better than staying with him. But I didn't realize that actually I was going to be free and like experience freedom for the first time in my life, or that I was going to be so much happier that I was going to get to have all the things I've, I've always wanted in a different way than I had pictured for myself. So I think just knowing, and if I'm the first person to say this to you, like your life is going to be so much better, even going through the midst of like the hardship and that dark tunnel, there is something so much better for you on the other side. And if no one has said that to you, then let me be the first person to tell you that like, there is a bigger plan for your life and that the universe has your back and, and that you're just, I promise you, you're going to be a better person and your life is going to be so much better. And to me, that is like the definition of faith, Natalia. You know, it's like really like 
not being able to see what's in front, but know that like, this is the way I need to go. Like, this is the path that I need to go. Even if it sounds like it's super bleak, you know, but then at some point, you know, your faith is really what brought you to the light at the end of the tunnel. Cause you just believed that like, that sucked. And this is probably going to suck too, but I need to take this path, you know, even mm-hmm. though it sucks. <laughs> so. Yeah. In those situations, there isn't an easy choice. Like any choice you make is hard. So at least make the right hard choice for yourself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that story. Thank you for sharing that. I know that that, um, I feel like you spoke to a lot of people. I feel like a lot of people are going to be like, she's speaking to me. So that was great. Okay. So then, you know, you leave that and then you were doing marketing, I guess, for a while. And then you moved into like business coaching, correct? And that's like when we met that you were like in business coaching. And I guess you saw what I was doing. You were like, oh, I need to do that. Like that seems like how I can move people along. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started working together, but you were single at the time. And I remember being like, yeah, I can teach you all these things, but girl, like we have to like, <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> like what is happening here in your dating life? But one thing, even though you were super like entertaining for me to watch in many ways, cause that was like almost, it felt like I was watching like a toddler who was very like stubborn, you know what I mean? That was like, no, like I'm going to do it my way. And I'll be like, okay, go ahead. Like you have to let the toddler go, you know, like I'm not going to yeah. like, you know, whatever. So it was really, you know, fun at the same time, but I enjoyed all our time together. And I know you didn't like when I would, you would come and I would like laugh and you were like, why is this girl always laughing every time I show up? But um, one thing was, I want to talk a little bit about what you learned from your dating experience, but also I want to ask you one I was super impressed by, and I was always telling you that I was super impressed by, was like your manifesting skills. Like, why (laughs) were you such a good damn, like, you guys, this girl, like, never not had a date. Like, I don't even understand. Like, I can't even tell you, you know, she just, she always had like options. Even during COVID, she had options. Okay. So, I mean, I thought, I'm not going to lie. I was like that too, Natalia, but I just never thought I was going to be able to be matched. And when I saw you, I was like, oh my God. (laughs) girl. Like, I think she's like, I think I'm out of her league. Like, I mean, I think oh, she's out of my league. Like she's just so much, um, so tell me, what do you think some mm-hmm. of your, mani- like what, what do you give credit to for your manifesting skills? Oh my gosh. I mean, it's like, it was great and terrible at the same time that I could manifest the way that I did. Manifestors, like are some people just better manifestors than others? Do you think? Mm -hmm. I I do think so. I think that you just learn to tap into it. And I think I've always been really good at manifesting in general. I've just, I mean, even when I was in the church, it's like, we're taught, you know, asking me shall receive. And I, I'm like, I don't know, like if I'm following these beliefs, then that means I believe you know, like I'm going to ask and I'm going to receive. So like, that's a heart. You're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to ask for dates, you know, and like, just make it happen. And, and it's funny. Cause I feel like when I listen to you talk about your story, I'm like, we're twins. Like yes. we're, literally, we're the same person. Um, very similar, very similar story. Yeah. And I, and I say it's good and bad because I remember like, and this is terrible. Nikki like had to, um, like kick my ass a little bit about this because I remember there'd be times where like, I just, I started almost not taking it seriously where I just be like, you know, if I was talking to a guy and I felt like they weren't taking me seriously or I didn't like their energy or they weren't asking me out or whatever, I'd be like, you know what? I can get a date tomorrow. And so I'd go on the app and be like, all right, who's going to take me on a date? You know, like get a date for that weekend. And it was just like- How do you amount of self-worth, Natalia? Yeah. 
I think it's the Aries in me. I just like have a lot of confidence. <laughs> so I just like, right, I can get a date every single day of the weekend. And I literally would like, it'd be Thursday. And I'd be like, I want to go on a date every day this weekend. And I'd go and like book up my weekend with the dates. <laughs> to do this. And you just, if anything, it was just like, you just knew that it was, for you, it was normal that mm-hmm. that was easy to do. And I think that that's one of the things I teach. Like at some point, you have to get like used to like, oh, this is so normal. Like this is normalizing the the ease of mm-hmm. whatever it is that you're trying to manifest. And you just like normalize the ease of getting dates. You were like, oh, this is, this is easy. This is a normal thing. It wasn't like yeah. hard. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, there's a million guys out there. Like if you want to get a date, like there's so many people on this planet, you know, like you can find a date. And I actually met my boyfriend in the pandemic. I went on a lot of dates in the pandemic. Obviously it was very risky. There were times like I remember going on a date where I was like, I I might get murdered right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was just really putting myself out there. So I don't know. I think I just really believe in like, if I want something and I put my energy towards it and I put myself out there, like it can happen. But I think you have to be very mindful of your intention. Cause I think, you know, I didn't, I actually didn't really date before I got married. You know, if you grow up in the church, like there's a very specific way of doing things. You get married very young. So it was actually my first time dating. And I think that's why in a lot of ways I was like a toddler. Cause I'm like, I didn't think I was going to get to do this again. And so I was just kind of like, Oh, I get to do this. Let's go see what happens. You know, <laughs> like, let's figure it, was this fun. Out. And it was also probably fun for you too. And to some yeah. degree, because you didn't think you were going to be able to get that. Mm-hmm. Like it was like boring and fun. Like, well, no, I hated it. And then it was fun. And then I'd hate it. And then it was fun. And it was just like, a you know, it's, it's a, it's a lot of energy that you're putting out too. So I was just like, yeah, it was a mix. <laughs> what were some of the things? So you do have a lot, pretty long-term boyfriend at this point. So tell me like, what were some of the things like that you feel worked for you when dating? Like that you, things that you were like, that totally were you were doing wrong or things that you feel like worked or didn't work, anything like that, any hacks? Yeah. So I think a lot of it was just like shifting the way that I was doing things where I naturally like want to control everything, you know, and I, I, I wanted to control. You're such a good I, controller, Natalia. <laughs> such a good controller. I was like, man. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> you're, so you're not anymore though. You're like, but before it was awesome. I'm learning to let go. And I just really had to shift from like controlling to setting intentions. And I remember like, I think one of the biggest shifts was like, I went back on the dating apps. I I didn't think I was going to have to. And then the pandemic happened and I was like, now I'm going to be single forever because I can't go anywhere. (laughs) So I remember going back on the apps because I just felt like it was like my only option. And I just wasn't controlling. And for me, it was, I was like, I'm not really taking it seriously. I'm just going to show up, see what happens. And, and for me, that was my version of not being controlling was just not taking it so seriously and being so like, because with, even with manifesting, like you can tell the universe what you want, but you don't decide how it's going to happen or how it's going to come to you. And you have to release that control. So for, and, and Nikki teaches this a lot of like, if you want to date, you got to put yourself out there. You just enter it's and it's energetically opening yourself up to meeting someone, whether it's I'm on dating apps. I'm, if I go to the coffee shop and someone smiles at me, like smile back, you know, just opening yourself up to possibilities. 
So I just really shifted from like being controlling to just like, eh, you know, I'll have conversations, I'll show up, but I'm not really expecting anything or trying to control anything happening. And I remember connecting with my boyfriend, but I wasn't really taking any conversations seriously because with, especially with dating apps, they can waste your time a lot. You know, these guys will like just talk to you and never ask you out or won't respond. So I, I just wasn't really investing too much into it. And somehow like we were having a really good conversation and our conversation got cut off where like he had responded, but the app didn't tell me I had a new message from him. So we didn't talk for a few days and he messaged me again and just sent me a really sweet message just saying like, Hey, I just wanted to see if you're still interested in getting to know each other. And that's when he kind of caught my attention. Cause I was like, okay, this guy like actually is trying to get to know me and he's being very intentional. Um, so we did that FaceTimed, went on a date. And I remember like on our first date, I just really set the intention, even going into the date of like, previously I was so concerned about, are they going to like me? How am I going to show up? And there was just so much pressure. I remember telling myself on the drive there, like, don't worry about any of that. Your job is just to show up completely as yourself. And if he likes you, and you guys connect, it's because you're being yourself and you're not trying to impress anyone. You're not trying to control the situation. So my intentions going in were be yourself and have fun. And that's it. And I remember looking at it, like, I'm going to take it a date at a time. And as we continue dating, that's how I took it. It was like, okay, this date went well. I will say yes to the next date. And it was a week at a time. It wasn't me trying to figure out, are you my soulmate? is there an instant connection? Um, and my head over heels for you right away. And if I'm not, then you're not it. And I have to have this like magical moment with you. Like it wasn't like that. And I remember even being on the third date with him and moving from my head into my body on that date and asking myself, do I like him? And I was like, I don't I'm know. Yet. Never having to teach you that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I was so in my head all the time. Like, do you, yeah. 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 And I think we do that on dates, you know, we're just so in our head. Does he like me? Does he not like me? What is he thinking? What are we going to do? And it's like, that doesn't help you or him or anything. Like, I remember when you taught me that I I really was very intentional about getting into my body and like asking myself, how do I feel right now? How do I feel around him? And on the third date, I, I was like, you know what? I don't know if I like him yet. And that's okay. Like, it's not a no for me and I'm still getting to know him which makes sense. So I'm going to keep going on dates with him. And I think so many women will be so quick. And I was, I would do this. I would cut guys off after the first date. If there wasn't this like magical moment and this like instant, yes. And uh, if you just don't know, keep going, you know, you can thank the bachelor and all those rom-coms for that. (laughs) The romantic in us is like always looking for that instant connection for sure. And Mm -hmm. I think like what was so, I think, you know, for you and for us, for all of us, the reason that we do that controlling thing is because we're actually looking for speed. Like we're looking to get this over with real fast. Mm -hmm. So there's something in us that thinks like, well, if I can eliminate faster, if I can feel like, if I can decide faster, like, is this person right for me? Is this person not right for me? Like, then this will be over quickly. You know, then I'm not going to be dating forever. I think we're always like looking for speed. But what's funny is, and you were definitely looking for speed, Mm -hmm. um, as, as was I when I was dating. But I, the things that we do to make it go shorter, I feel are the things that make it go longer. So mm-hmm. where you met your boyfriend and you were like, okay, I don't, I don't know if I like this person. Like in a, in a way, hanging around to see if you like this person or not and just kind of being light with it may look like it's going to take longer. 
but it was actually the thing that like made it work because you needed that pace to yeah. not spin your wheels and like, you know, mess up and be all in your head and all that. So um, I think that was really interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what I keep telling people too, is like, cause I do a lot of readings with women who are dating and I just tell them like, you, of course, you're not going to know right away, especially if you're trying to build a deep connection with someone, you can't expect depth to come on the first date or like the first couple of dates, like it takes time to build depth. And if you really want something that's not superficial, then you have to be willing to get to know somebody and to go on a few dates and to really be in the place where you're willing to take even the dating experience to a deeper level and not just write somebody off right away. Yeah. And I think the intuitive ones of us, you know, like those of us who know we're more intuitive or whatever, we like to be like, oh, but I just like, I know right away, you know, and that, and, but it's, there's such a fine line between our anxiety, our judgment and our intuition. Like there's just, especially when it comes to dating, like, so it's like, even if you're the most intuitive person in other areas of your life, pretend you're a normal person and not so intuitive. <laughs> and I broke up with my husband, like when I first met him after, you know, a couple of weeks of being with him, I was like, peace out. I was out of there, you know, like, cause I was confused by him and all these things. And I didn't know. And and I'm an above average intuitive person, but that doesn't mean that like we always know like right away, you know? So it's, I think it's worth a little bit of, but people don't like that. And it's only worth a little bit more time if you're going to promise yourself that you're going to go into your body. If you say like, oh, I'm going to give him three days just for the sake of giving him three dates, but never going into your body, then yeah, you might as well not go on those three dates. Like if we're going to stay in your head about it, then yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's, it's not only like giving it some time, but really giving yourself time, like going into your body through this process, you know? So it sounds like you were saying that the difference between controlling and intuition, excuse me, controlling and intention Mm -hmm. is intention seems to me like almost like light, like we're controlling. You always felt like I'm going to do this to get this. And this Mm -hmm. is my expectation where Mm -hmm. intention is more like, like a wish almost. Yeah. And I think it, the other way I see it too, is like, I'm setting these intentions for myself versus setting expectations on the other person. Oh, yes. That's so, you know, cool. it's like, I can't even control the other person. Like the other, the guy might show up and be a mess. And as long as I'm setting the intention of how I want to show up, like that's all that I can control. And if my intention is I'm going to show up and be myself and I'm going to show up and have fun, then I get to walk away knowing that I went in with the right intention, regardless of how the other person showed up. Yes. Oh, that's so good. I love that. Okay. So I'm not going to, you know, keep bothering you about dating. It's your karma, but whatever. <laughs> I that you're like happy to talk about it. Um, and you're an amazing, so you're like an amazing intuitive. Number one, I knew that like when I was working with you and that's how I like ultimately, so we were working one-on-one and then ultimately I like, was like, Natalia, we need to stop working together. You need to go into the group. And it was like the perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we put you into the group, you went through soul teacher, you'd already known a lot of the stuff, but you, you know, I think got just even stronger. And now you're just doing the work. You're doing intuitive work full time. Mm-hmm. You're so talented at it. Did you ever know you were going to be that talented? No, like, I was actually you're like, man, Like, I just, like, I don't think I realized how intuitive I was. Like, I think, you know, because I only exist within myself. I just thought like, this is how everybody is, you know, and I didn't realize that I have probably been reading people my entire life and just had no idea that I was doing it. But actually our very, I think it was on our very first class. 
or whatever the first time was that you had us read somebody, like I actually got really freaked out because of how much I was able to pick up because all you did was like, you gave us the name of someone and like their age and where they lived or something. And I was just like, how am I supposed to know anything about this person? <laughs> sat there and like wrote so much out. And I remember saying it and you telling me like, oh yeah, actually you're kind of more like, we're supposed to read their chakra, like their crown chakra. And you're like, oh, you actually kind of more like read her mind. And I'm just like, what the like and I was just so you're like wait how is this a thing I was like you're just reading the mind like people get really because I do you know the the chakra read but there's a way to mind read also (laughs) sorry guys it's probably real scary I promise I'm not doing it like randomly I'm just doing (laughs) science but yeah like that was what I saw which made sense to me because you're um I think you're very telepathic so that's why you went for the mind and I remember you know you were probably like this girl's just saying it like, like if she just told me that like that ice cream is chocolate and not vanilla, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I like, I was freaked out. Like I remember just being like, Oh my gosh, what did I just do? Because I think it's really different when you're like picking up on things versus when you sit down and set the intention of trying to read someone and you're getting all this information. Like I was just shocked. Like I remember even going to therapy to talk about it. Cause I was just like, I don't know what just happened. Also, maybe your old like religious programming too. I'm sure probably creeped in a lot. Yeah, totally. Where I was just like, I don't know if this is normal. I don't know if this is okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I just kept at it. And like, it just, I think seeing the beauty of how much it can help people really, like that's always been my mission. It's just like, how can I help people? And, and having that ability to do that, especially with the work, you know, having come from coaching work where if, sometimes it feels too surface and you know, there's more going on and and you can't quite break through and figure out like what's really blocking this person and having the ability to look past that was just, to me, it was very beautiful and very powerful. Yeah. Because in coaching, you're kind of working off what the person tells you, you know, Mm -hmm. but sometimes most of us don't know how to explain what's going on like within us. And we don't even know where like it stems from. So that's why the intuitive work is like so helpful in that in that practice for sure. And I remember you were seeking that. You were like, I feel like I need to get deeper and, and you came here. I love that you named your company Divina. Can you explain why? Yeah. So I feel like it was kind of, the name was given to me by my guides, but I, I really feel like it taps into one, the fact that I'm a Latina, which to me is very important um, to show that part of myself. I think that now we're starting to see more women of color showing up in the online space. When I first came around, like I hardly saw anybody that looked like me. And it's something that I was very intentional about when I started my business. I decided I want to work primarily with women of color. And so that, and I was attracting them because I think they were finally seeing someone who looked like them. And I also know we experience different barriers just culturally society you know in society that we have to work through we don't have the same privileges that other people do so our mindset going into business is very different from other people and I I don't know I just I I wanted to tap into that part of myself but I think just the fact that there's the divine and, and that we are divine is something that I really want to embody and and I just really want to empower other women to tap into like their own divinity and the fact that they are powerful regardless of their background regardless of their race regardless of their story that they can really tap into their more, most powerful selves and really own that to create a beautiful life. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think it's also like a reclaiming of 
your heritage and your culture? Because so something I found really interesting, just like a side note, but I grew up in Miami. My parents moved me there when I was eight. So it's like really all I know. I was born in New Jersey, but grew up in Miami. And Miami is really like, I mean, if you don't speak Spanish, like you're not, you're not getting fed at a restaurant here. So, <laughs> I mean, and that is the truth. Like there's now we have more of a mix. So there's like certain areas that like you kind of have to speak English. But I mean, I remember like, you know, just going to a regular store and everybody just talks to you in Spanish. It's just the way, I mean, we did not, like my parents actually moved from New Jersey to Miami because um, my mom was like really missing her culture. You know, she was kicked out of her country and, and she hated being somewhere like cold that she had to speak. Like she did not want to assimilate. My mom had like no interest in assimilating. So as soon as my dad finished um, medicine, Mm-hmm. like, all right, now we have choice, like, and we have money. Let's, you know, so they moved to Miami. So I grew up here and I remember like in college, cause I, I went to school in Miami also. And, um, my girlfriends and I, we went on this like, um, spring break trip that was like, we thought was like very American. Cause we were more Cuban than we were American. That's how we were raised. Mm-hmm. And, um, we went to like the panhandle, which is, what is it called there? I forget Pensacola, which is like a famous like spring break, like real like girls gone wild, like just super raunchy. And we were just like, we are doing it. We're going. We rented a van and we drove up like twelve of us in this van, whatever. <laughs> I remember getting there and being like, holy shit, we ain't in Kansas anymore. Like I just remember being like, this is America. <laughs> like um, you know that you know it was white and American and people spoke English and it was just so different than what we grew up with. Like, you know, we grew up in a whole city that is Hispanic, like basically. So anyways, I moved to LA after college um, to work in the film industry. And I remember getting to LA and I was like, this is so strange. Like I would see all these people that look like my people. I know I'm white passing, but everybody, all the Mexicans, everybody there, I was like, oh, like, these are my people, you know, like they look like, I think they look like me. I know that. Like, that's what I grew up around. So I was always trying to talk to people in Spanish, and nobody wanted to talk to me in Spanish, probably because of the way that I looked. But also, what I found so interesting about California is that everybody was like meant to throw away all their culture, except for their food. We'll keep your food because we like to eat tacos, mm-hmm. but your culture, like, you must assimilate. Like, and that was not the experience in Miami. And I remember working with you and being, and just anybody else, Latina, really. It's so sad to me. Like, I, I feel so grateful that like, you know, if anything, I, you know, I'm always trying to kind of figure out where my place is because, you know, it's like, we grew up so Hispanic here, so Latin. Um, and I think in California, they really did you guys a disservice, like by taking that away from you. So I feel like I was really excited when, when you named your company that, because I thought it was like a reclaiming of something that I feel like you guys had to hide to mm-hmm. assimilate to like. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I think, cause I, I think I was very lucky in the sense that my, so my dad was born and raised here. He's Mexican, but was born in the U S and my mom was born and raised in Mexico. And so because of that, I feel like I still grew up with a lot of the Mexican culture and like at home, I spoke English and Spanish. Cause I would I, even still, I speak That's to my mom there. in Spanish, speak to That's my dad. Great, right? Yeah. And it's, and like, I loved it. Cause I, I, I always felt very aligned with my culture and they never tried to assimilate. Um, so I feel really grateful and we'd go to Mexico every summer. So I like, I I've had this conversation with people where I'm just like, I consider myself Mexican, even though I was born in the U S right. and it's just something that I, I really take ownership over. And I think even just, I actually see more of the online space as like very white 
uh, very white dominated. And so I think for me to be able to take that name and show up in the online space where it is a space where I have been, you know, and for years trying to really fight and, and bring more women of color to the table and say, like, take up space, you know, show up, like show your face, share your, and don't try to assimilate, like call your companies, these names, like be things. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just a part of that. Yeah. I loved it. I was so excited when I saw that. But mm-hmm. from my experience, like a lot of my friends in California who are Mexican descent, it was weird that they didn't speak Spanish or things like that. Like I was like, oh my gosh, like that's so, um, but you know what? My kids will probably, they speak Spanish, but they're probably not going to speak Spanish the way that I spoke Spanish. So I think that just happens after like a few generations of, you know, being yeah. Mexican. So Mm-hmm. about that. Okay. So I'm going to do a solo episode right after this episode about the divine feminine. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, it's a little bit about what we were talking about, you know, kind of moving from like a control state to like kind of a flow state a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your understanding of the divine feminine and kind of how do you see yourself using that now in your life? Yeah. So I think the best way that I would explain it would be co-creating with the universe. I think that depending on our background, depending on your upbringing and what you've experienced in life, uh, it can cause us, even society, it's all set up to be very masculine. And I naturally like, you know, want to be very masculine. That's how I've built my previous businesses. That's how I've gone through life. And I feel like now I'm in a place where I, I'm not doing that anymore and because I'm being led to do things more intuitively, more with flow. And ultimately what it comes down to is like, I can only go so far by myself. And when I think I have control, like I had the biggest learning lesson of I control nothing. And, and it's all just in my head when I think I control things, you know, and, and really had to learn that the hard way. So now I'm in the space where like, I wake up every day and I feel like I'm co-creating with the universe, which means that I allow myself to receive intuitive guidance. Like I'm building my business from a place of taking intuitive action. It's not, you know, before it would be, here's my to-do list. Like here's the strategy, here's the plan. And like, you need both to build a successful business. But I think before there was almost no room for the intuitive piece. And now I can you know, meditate in the morning and create the space to receive the intuitive downloads and the guidance on like, here's, what's going to grow my business. I don't have to do what the, you know, 10,000 gurus out there saying is like the way to build your business. I get to really tune into how my business is meant to be built and do what aligns, do what feels good, allow it to flow. And I'm no longer pushing or trying to control who comes into my business or how or when, but just really trusting and, and co-creating with the universe. So I think there's a difference between building on your own and controlling and co-creating and trusting that you're supported, um, you're being led, and that intuitively there are people assigned to you and that they will come to you when you're doing what feels right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I love that. So it's, you know, the feminine is more about, it's not linear. It's like, uh, you know, really kind of just following, but also showing up. Cause that's what I think when people think about flow, they're just like, Oh, just like whatever. If it hasn't happened, it hasn't happened. It's like, no, there's like this co-creation is a great way to explain that. Like it's these two, it's like both you and you're, you're flowing, which like where the wave is going, you're hearing like the direction and you're following that direction as long as it feels good to you. Exactly. Like I'm getting the direction, but then I still have to go and implement, you know, like the, the universe can give me a great idea, but if I just sit there and feel good about it, like 
I feel inspired, but then I don't do shit. Like nothing's going to happen. You know, it's my responsibility to get the download and then take it and run with it. How is that going um, after being, you know, coming from more of like a masculine type of background? Like, how do you feel like you're doing? <laughs> I mean, it, I'm getting better at it. <laughs> I think at first it was really hard because I was, I'm, I was all about like systems and strategy. And I feel like I'm really good at those things. And I don't think it means I shouldn't do them. I think it's just finding that balance of like, it's not just about that. And I, I literally will have my guides tell me like, you know, that to-do list you have, don't even look at it. We're going to guide you. Like, here's what you need to, to focus on today. And trusting like when I do those things, like that's, what's going to grow my business. And I would even see it in other businesses where it's like, I didn't, I'd create these elaborate launch plans and strategies and systems. And then I'd have a hard time getting it to work. And then I would go on vacation and I'd book clients and I'd just be like, I don't like what, you know, like how did that happen? And it's just, you know, because we really can't control. And I think I find that the more I step into my feminine, the more flow and like the, the more ease that I find in, in getting results and building a business, because you like, when you're working with the universe, when you're co-creating, you can go so much further than like your own abilities and what you can do on your own. Cause we can definitely like manifest and make things happen, but that doesn't mean that that's like, I always say that's like God's will versus our will. Like there's like a plan. There's a, there's a whole path for you that you can tap into and like really do well, or you can like carve out this other path mm-hmm. that is like the ego path, you know? And it's like my will, like, and your will will get you very far. It will do a lot of things for you. That's why I think manifesting gets confusing because like anything, you can use it for good or bad. You know, you can co-create and like manifest with the universe or you can manifest like what you want to and it not end up being the thing that like is even right for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think always looking at your intentions behind everything too is really important. Yeah. Oh, Natalia, I love you. I love your story. I love, thank you for, um, I love, I'm so grateful that you're out in the world doing your work. You do the most amazing dating readings and also business readings. I think that if anybody is listening and is kind of interested in either of those paths, book a session with Natalia. You can go to nikinova.com and go to the Clarity Readings and Natalia does readings under our brand. She's also involved in Soul Collective and she's one of the mentors in Soul Teacher and all the programs. So you guys will probably see her also. And anybody who's like a Latina, a woman of color and wants to, um, and feels like seen by Natalia, you'll... We're just excited to have her part of the team and doing the work that she's doing. So thank you, Natalia. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Love you much. All right. We'll see you soon. Oh, I love that conversation with Natalia. I just, I love her so much. And, you know, I love how that she's our go-to dating and like a business reader because just sometimes you need a good dating reading or a good business reading. So check her out. If you uh, haven't had a session with her yet, you will probably love her. So I wanted to jump on here, just you and me after talking to Natalia, because I wanted to go a little deeper into what the divine feminine is. We kind of touched upon that a little bit in our conversation, you know, Natalia definitely was moving from like this more masculine way of being into this more feminine way of being. And I just wanted to kind of mention a few tips and tricks for getting there. If you find yourself in this place where you're feeling like very masculine, you're coming off of this place of like being very, you know, linear and kind of pushing and that you don't want to come from that place anymore. 
but also maybe you don't really understand the divine feminine because what's funny is that when people are coming off of the masculine or like being very linear, I think a lot of us think that the divine feminine is something that it is not. (laughs) So we'll talk a little bit about what it is not because for those of us who, you know, are doers and like to make things happen, the divine feminine sounds too passive. But I think that that's because there's a lot of misunderstanding around what the feminine is and what it isn't. So let's talk about that first. And then we'll go into, you know, what it is, you know, how we can tap into it a little bit more and, um, you know, just so we can have better understanding. So I see the feminine as like a scale, like I, so, and I think that we tend to exist on like the extremes many times when actually like we want to try to stay in the middle as much as possible. So there's one extreme to the feminine, which is like the, you know, like one of the shadows of the feminine, which was what I called like the damsel in distress. So I feel like if you go, if you have this line and the middle is like this balanced place of the feminine, all the way to the right is damsel in distress. And this is like what some of us, you know, go into or are afraid to go into. And this is, you know, that part of us that's like uh, just a little, you know, victim-y thinking something has to save us, thinking that we have to be like, you know, um, passive or, uh, mm, you know, quiet, like don't, don't say too much or, you know, don't speak up too much. Don't ask for what you want. Like just let the other person lead or whatever. That is that that's a part, that's an aspect of the feminine. That's like a shadow aspect of it that people that don't really understand the feminine sometimes go into that. Or sometimes that that's just like your way of being feminine, right? Like there's so many, you know, archetypes of that, like that damsel in distress, we see it on TV. We've seen it, you know, it's just lately that we started to get like a stronger women characters, you know, female characters. But for a long time, we were seeing this like, oh, poor me, like, you know, type of thing. And that was one version of the feminine. So a lot of us who are coming off of a little bit of masculine and going into the feminine, we fear that we're like, I don't, but I don't, you know, even when it comes to dating, for instance, it's like, I don't want to, you know, date and not say anything or let the person lead or like wait for the person, the other person to kind of make things happen. Or if I'm trying to make my dreams come true, right? Like I don't feel comfortable just being like, well, let me wait or let's see what happens. Cause also that, that damsel in distress can also look as, um, like too bohemian, somebody who just sits back and lets the universe take place or whatever is meant to happen, happen. Right. Like, so if you have a lot of fire, that does not sound good at all. So it's like, if you have a lot of fire, you just don't know what to do. If you want to be more, you know, more in your divine feminine, that doesn't sound fun. So what ends up happening is that then there's this other side of the divine feminine, which I think is all the way on the other side. It's the, the flip of it. And this is what I call like, you know, that like empowered woman that is just almost like the masculine with lipstick on, you know, it's like the patriarchy with lipstick on, but we've been sold this kind of hustle and like, get it done and like be empowered and all these things, which some of it is good. That's why I'm saying we work on a scale, you know, we're trying to like find balance in the middle, but many times that version of the feminine, that like strong version of the feminine is really just the patriarchy with lipstick. So we have to like be careful and make sure that we're not like flipping to that side either, which is like, I'm going to make it happen. Like I'll get everything done. And like, this is me being strong. Like this is me standing up for myself. 
So a lot of those ways of being can kind of be masked under just a little bit more of push. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to find this place in the middle, right? That it's not that I'm like pushing and making everything happen and telling myself that I'm empowered by doing these things, but also that I'm not going to be like, well, I'm one with the universe. I'll go wherever it takes me and feel disempowered at some point. Right. So we're really trying to find this like middle balance place that feels, that feels just right. And that was what I would call the divine feminine, right? So the feminine has these like different aspects, but then there's like this divine feminine, which is that center place which we're trying to look for, you know, it has nothing to do with like your gender or even like your sexual orientation. It's just, some of us are going to feel called to using the divine feminine a little bit more than what we are. I have a a friend, a colleague, Emily Castle, who was on my podcast many moons ago. And she explained it so well to me. Like she was like, you know, all of us use both, you know, we both, we use that yin and yang energy, both energies but some of us are going to like major in feminine and some of us are going to minor in masculine and vice versa. So typically if you identify as female and you feel like you have more feminine energy in you, or even if you identify as male, but you feel like the dominant energy in you is feminine, you're probably going to like seek to be in the feminine more often and use the masculine, like less, you know, kind of almost like an 80, 20 type rule. So for those of us who want to use the divine feminine a little bit more, that's what this conversation really is about. So, you know, first let's talk about like, what is a feminine? You know, that, that energy is really, it's this energy. First of all, the divine feminine is intuitive. Of course, she is patient. Uh, she's sexy, you know, like she has like a kind of a certain level of like swagger, you know, that kind of flirty Beyonce type energy. The feminine is also uh, works as a web and it's not linear. So what do I mean by a web? So where the masculine is like, okay, I'm going to get this thing done. You know, I have this goal. I'm going to get it done. And I'm going to make like this timeline and I'm going to follow all these steps. And at the end of all these steps, I'm going to hit this goal, right? So I'm going to just kind of go through it where the, the feminine approach is going to be more like, you know, I, I feel like this is where I'm headed. This is like what I'm meant to do. And right now this feels like the first step. And I can see these other steps, but they are not necessarily in a line. It looks like, you know, I might do step number four and then I might move to step number two and then maybe go into step seven and ultimately like I get there. So the web means that, you know, not everything is happening in like one straight line. And that is, you know, the feminine basically where the, where the masculine is more linear. What else do I want to tell you? So the feminine is really like heart centered and soul led. So sometimes the feminine is more like sensorial, you know, that it just, it feels more than it actually like sometimes knows, you know, like it has more heart than it maybe has like intelligence sometimes, which I know is like not fun for some of us to hear because some of us identify with being really like being intelligent and we don't want to be like, Oh, if you're feminine, all of a sudden you're dumb. No, it's that you are just coming from other senses other than just the brain. Like you're, you're using things that are unseen to be able to get through life. Um, the other thing is like the divine feminine, like she doesn't need to know the entire plan, right? Like she is okay with the first few steps and she's okay with knowing like I'm being called here, 
but I don't know exactly what's going to happen after this, but I trust that like, this is where I'm going to be. And I'm going to work from this place. Like I'm going to do everything that I can in this place. And that's probably like one of the biggest misconceptions about the feminine, that the, that the feminine is not supposed to take action because masculine is more, you know, push when the divine feminine is more pull. The feminine works with magnetizing and like bringing things to her where the masculine like pushes to make things happen. You know, there's a time for both of them, right? The idea that the feminine like doesn't take action is, is actually wrong because again, I believe Emily was the one that explained this to me once that the feminine, like the way you want to look at the way it takes action, a good example is pregnancy. You know, you're pregnant for nine months and, or a woman is pregnant for nine months. And, you know, if she starts pushing at month number two, there's going to be a problem. But if she doesn't push at month number nine, there's going to be a problem, right? Like the feminine just knows when it's time to push, right? Like the feminine is all about the seasons. Like some, you know, if, if I'm in my first trimester, there's, you know, maybe I'm feeling sick or I'm feeling a little tired. And then in my second trimester, like most probably I have like more energy. I'm like, you know, ready to go. Like there's these seasons and the third, maybe I, you know, maybe I start nesting. So like every stage brings its specific qualities. And then when I know it's time, I push. So that's how the feminine works. It's not as evergreen as the masculine is. The masculine is like kind of like a one hit wonder, you know, it's like a, you know, one trick pony where it's like, this is kind of how it always work. And that's why people like being in the masculine because you definitely feel like you have more control, you know, and you feel like, you know, like you can just like stick to something and like, it just kind of rinse and repeat, like keep using it over and over again. But the truth is like, because creation is feminine, (laughs) which means the world is feminine energy, like that masculine energy does not work all the time. So when it doesn't work, it creates a lot of anxiety because it's like this realization that we don't control everything, that we can't make everything happen, you know? So at some point that masculine like doesn't work well. And that's why the feminine is just easier to use in this place. Also, you want to think about the feminine as like the feminine is mother earth, right? So like this is mother earth. And then the masculine is father sky. So that's another way to kind of see the difference. Like think about the sky, right? Like it's actually not a planet. It's, it's up there. It's, you know, into like just, it's the brain, all that kind of stuff. And then the mother earth is just, just all feelings. And she has these children and um, it's beauty and creation, all of that. So that's the, that's more of the vibe too. So speaking of creation, that's a big aspect of the divine feminine, right? The ability to create. And again, most of us, like when we think about creation, we tend to think about the pushing part of creation, which is like the actual manifestation of the baby, right? So like I'm pushing because in a, hopefully in a few hours or so that baby comes out on the other side. And that's what we when we think about creation, we just think about the pushing process because it's like the end goal. But remember, there's all these months before you push and like what is happening before those months. And that is really learning to co-create, understanding that we are not making everything happen on our own. And that, yeah, you know, you can manifest things, of course. And you can be like, oh, I want this thing. I'm going to manifest it. And I'm not saying that you can't like put your mind to something and actually make it happen. Of course you can. That's the whole concept of manifesting. That's the whole concept of free will. But for most of us who are listening to this podcast, you know, we're trying to live a soul led life. We don't want to just like 
live the life that our ego thinks is best for us. We want to live the life that our soul knows is best for us. So we want to come from a little bit more of a divine feminine place because we want to feel into the path and work with the energy of the path. And that is not going to be linear. So, you know, what that means for creating, right? Like, so hitting a goal, let's say, you're going to start off with like, a, just a feeling like, I feel like I'm supposed to do this, right? Like I feel like this is the first step. Sometimes when we feel that we take it too far and we're like, oh my gosh, got to make this to-do list. It must be this, like, this is what it is. Like I'm seeking this answer. I need the whole full plan. That's like, that's number one, where we go wrong. That's right away. We're going wrong there. But then instead we can be like, oh, I feel like I'm supposed to be here. I don't know where it's going to take me. You know, a lot of you sign up for the soul academy like that. You're like, I'm here and I don't even know why the hell I'm here. I don't know where it's going to take me, you know? And that's really, that's the feminine energy. That's great. So it's like, I'm going to come into this and I'm going to be here for now. And then, you know, it's really tapping into the next steps after that and really moving from a place of, of feeling also and, you know, trying to progress into getting to that next stage through feeling rather than doing So like, you know, when you're like trying to heal, for instance, like let's say you're trying to heal something in you, you're um, maybe repeating a lot of mantras because you're trying to change your thoughts from one thought to the next thought. That's definitely one way to heal, but that is definitely more of like the masculine way to heal, heal, where you can go into like the feminine, which is like, okay, right now I'm in this place because I feel this certain way about myself, right? Like I am making this amount of money because I feel like, that I'm worthy. Like this is all the amount of money I think I'm, I feel worthy of. So the feminine way to create this new version of yourself would actually be through feelings. You would say, okay, I'm not going to like push or do my way out of this. I'm going to shift my way into this. So I'm actually going to like jump stages, not by like physically doing, but actually like by becoming, like by birthing this new version of myself. So the becoming would be, I am worthy, like really knowing and embodying the worthiness of like that next level person, you know? So if you were feeling worthy of $2,000 a month, but you want to feel worthy of $7,000 a month, then, you know, the feminine way of creating that and making that happen would be becoming the version of yourself that is comfortable with $7,000 a month that knows that is that it's being that version. So I'm not pushing you know, it's nice to have both, right. To have obviously some like action oriented things to go there, but the feminine, you know, version might be less like taxing on you, especially if like you are naturally more feminine. Right. So that's like how we co-create. It's really like emotion, like feeling based to get to the next stage. Now, of course, just because I'm working on like feeling a certain way, doesn't mean I just like sit at home in my house and like wait for things to happen. Right. On the contrary, if you're really like moving into that next stage of being like, Oh, I feel worthy of this next thing, right? Like you're really moving into this next birthing, this new version of yourself, this new version of yourself is going to have new ideas. You know, this new version of yourself is going to be inspired in different ways. And it's going to feel inspired to take certain actions that your old version didn't take. So that's where like the doing part comes from. The doing part comes from being like inspired because you have a whole new way of existing in the world. You have a whole new way of thinking and doing as you're like 
moving into this next, as you're moving into this next version of yourself. So that's why there is a lot of action in the feminine. It's just more intuitively guided. Um, and it's more like joy guided, you know, it's inspired guided. It's like, I'm not doing things just for the sake of doing them. I'm doing them because I feel inspired and guided to do them. And it excites me to do this. You know, you can be like super action oriented and be working with the feminine, right? Like you can be a major doer, but the doing comes from this, a place of flow. And that's what I never, like when people were telling me flow, I was like, wait, what does this mean? Like, I have no idea, but flow, cause I thought flow was like, oh, no action. Like flow to a lot of people, I think think flow is like, oh, whatever shows up, like I'll go wherever the universe takes me. And that can get you like in real trouble. I don't know if you've ever tried that, but <laughs> I've tried that. And it gets you into weird places. You're like, wait a second. Like, did I just like follow this because this is like the path of, you know, whatever the the easiest path or was this really the path? So I was really confused by flow for a while, but flow is really like, I'm in this flow. Like I am shifting myself into this new version of myself, but then also I'm like, oh, I feel like I should do this. I do this. And then that like opens up this new door. And then I feel um, called to like do this thing. And then it, you know, so I'm like flowing with all the, the flow is like, I feel something, I have a hit, I follow it, I put it through, it produces something for me, I have a hit, I follow it, I make it happen, I see that it produces something for me. So it's like this flow, it's this wheel that's just turning, but then I'm not really pushing it to turn. I'm actually like moving with it to turn, but I'm showing up, you know, like I'm doing the things. So that's why for those of us who are super action oriented, we don't have to be afraid of this path because this path is very action oriented. So I hope that that was helpful to kind of, you know, and you take this for any part of your life. You know, if you're dating, you can take what you heard today, or if you're trying to run a business or, you know, make more money or bring whatever it is that you're trying to bring into your life, but try to do it with this feminine energy. Like you're just going to feel more joyful because it's going to be more natural to you than this like super push energy that's like really just not for you if you resonate more with feminine energy like if that feels more where you come from so i hope that was helpful um open to any questions you guys can ask me on instagram or in our community in soul collective i'm there so you know i love podcasts but i i do wish i could talk to you guys <laughs> so um if you if any of this you know makes sense or resonates or you have questions about please feel free to drop them in soul collective and we'll start up the conversation so thanks for listening love you much can't wait to hear about your divine feminine stories and we'll see you next episode thank you so much for listening i love you guys so much If you love what you're hearing, would you mind leaving a review or sharing with a friend? That little review does so much. It's so damn helpful. You don't even know. So thank you for that. And if you're ready to unlock your spiritual gifts, enroll in my three-level program, Soul Academy, or join my free community, Soul Collective. I'd love to have you there. The links to join are below in this episode. Until next time, love you much. 